Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. On today's episode, I am just about to drop something that just landed in my spirit. And I'm reading a book by Robert Henderson, something about God's grace. And when I'm reading, Holy Spirit sometimes will like start unpacking things and downloading things. And I just really have to grab my notebook right away. So you get it fresh right off the press. Don't forsake the promise by passing the process. And really, this is going to be breaking down for you the importance of process. We look now all around us in today's world and we just see... We see the microwave mentality and we get to buy anything we want on Amazon with a click of a finger and it's here within days. And I know you've heard about this before, the microwave mentality, but I really felt Holy Spirit impress upon my heart very heavily about the importance of process. Okay, now the Father isn't, let's lay some foundation here. The Father isn't, I'm going to make you suffer I'm going to make you go through things. I'm going to make, I'm a bad dad. I'm a hard dad. I'm an abusive dad. This is not the way I'm viewing the father. During my stuff that I might go into a little bit, I was definitely in accusation towards God and blame towards God a lot of it because I was like, you caused this and you did this. Wow, it's really hard to have that one point of view instead of really looking at myself and the choices I made. But I digress. Let's get back on track. Have been looking through, just looking back and understanding Holy Spirit like helps me mine through like mining for gold just the value in what I've walked through and finding value through like from the pain I've walked through right and value in the wilderness value in the in the walking through the valley of the shadow of death and raise your hand if you're with me right now because I believe the Holy Spirit has my mic to talk to those in the hearts that are hurting the hearts that are your life might look really great right now but there's still deep pain and unhealed trauma or you're right in the middle of the mess and so this is for you this is for all my listeners of course I love you listeners, by the way. Anyway, bless you guys. So I look around and I start, like the Holy Spirit lets me mine for gold in the valley of the shadow of death, which I have totes walked through, and the wilderness, which everyone walks through, I believe. I don't know how you can bypass it. And I really had a mindset at the years ago, but even once in a while now where I'm like, I know I have a process to go through and I'm like, can we just please get shortcuts? Here's the thing about coaching and having mentors and hiring mentors and coaches is you get shortcuts and you get acceleration and it's called collapsing time. God collapsed time and why I hire and have two coaches and why I'll always work with a coach. It's, it's, I just really believe in it. Not only did it save my life, the Lord used it in mighty ways and still is using it. Like as a coach, I get to be a tool, right? Well, I won't get into that. But anyway, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, walking through my wilderness, mine might not look like yours. Mine might not look self-imposed and self-directed and self-choices. And not all of those were circumstances of those things. There's other things that led me to that and had me in that. 
But first, I want to give some hope here. Let's inject and infuse this episode with hope. Okay, here are three ingredients for walking through process. Three ingredients for walking through process. Then I'm going to break it down into three promises of God and different ways to walk through this. Okay, humility is an ingredient. Humility, humbleness, humbling yourself, being willing to go low so God can raise you up. Okay, humility, patience, beloved. Patience, patience, patience. To say I was an impatient person is basically, that's not even the word for it. I wanted things right now the way I wanted them, when I wanted them. And I didn't really care what it costed. Not that I was had all this money and I was super wealthy. You can have whatever and get whatever and demand whatever without being like prosperous and definitely not prosperous in the soul. But it costs something. But it was just too hard to stop and look at the pain, right? So I needed it now. I wanted it now. I, I wanted the results right now. And, and a lot of times the Lord's like, you want the results without doing the work. And he has shared with me that oil is costly and oil comes with a cost and is, is price. There's a price on it. And that might not make sense. So if it doesn't land, don't. It's okay. But why I charge for prices and why I believe people are so worth what we hire them for, whatever, is because oil is costly. What I've walked through, what I've learned and the lessons I learned and how much I've paid for coaching and business coaching and all that, it's costly. So when I mean oil is costly, also it costed me something. So we talked about humility, patience, and honor. Honor, honor, honor. I read in a book by Seth Dahl once, and I won't say this perfectly, that if you see not great circumstances around you, then honor is missing. And pressing honor is like downloading good things from heaven. Like when you, when you do, when you walk in honor, like I said, I hacked it, but either way, honor is the third ingredient. So humility, patience, and honor, three ingredients to walk through process. Are these the only ingredients? No. Did they stick out when I was walking through my notes with Holy Spirit? Yes. Humility. What is my humility meter like right now? Patience. Where is my patience at? Honor. What does my honor look like? Okay, great questions to ask yourself. Also, three ingredients, just pin those. Three promises of God. Now look, I'm infusing hope before we get to the down and, and dirty and the raw and vulnerable. Okay, I'm infusing hope right now. Three promises of God. I don't get these verses like the verse in the, the chapter. Let's just say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Okay, I've, I've gone back to that. I've seen myself walking through that. I've seen me and Jesus holding hands through that as I read in the word. And over the years, I was like, dude, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. This is what David was talking about, whoever wrote it. This is what he was talking about. This hurts. This hurts so badly, I barely can see through my pain. Second promise, you will walk through fire and you will come out unharmed. You won't even smell like smoke, one um, translation says. I will walk through the fire and I will not be burned Come on, somebody. I will walk through the... And sometimes I'll impart that word, whether it's my newsletters or a, a card or whether it's for somebody, you'll walk through the fire and you'll come out not even smelling like smoke. And it just infuses hope. And third, if God is for me, who can be against me? Now, they used to be verses that I just read and checked the box and memorized and was like, and it didn't mean that much. When my spirit really started connecting... That if God is for me, who can be against me? And I still to this day is like, no, if God's for me, who can be against me? 
I may not be walking it out perfectly all the time. Who's perfect? Who's trying to be? I not I may not be reflecting that all the time. If God is for me, who can be against me? But I hold on to that promise and I anchor my hope and myself in the word of God. All right. So three ingredients for walking through process, humility, patience, and honor, and three promises. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Second, you will wa- I will walk through fire and I won't be burned. Third, if God is for me, who can be against me? Now that we've infused hope, let's take a step back and get a broader view. I'm going to go actually a step further. Tools of really what you want to set your aim for. I wasn't seeing clearly through pain and through some of my process, but we're always in a process, you guys. We're going from glory to glory. I'm working on my salvation with fear and trembling. I just felt Holy Spirit is like, do not bypass your promise or in a way, quote unquote, miss your promise by not going through process. So don't take this wrong. Don't twist it. Don't make it religion. Christianese it. Okay. But I wasn't seeing clear. I wasn't hearing clear and I wasn't thinking clear. And when I'm not seeing and hearing clear, I'm not going to think clear and vice versa because literally what's inside of me will come out of me and around me. What's outside of me like that I allow in will come into my soul. But for seeing clear, this category, I want to just unpack that I was not seeing who the real enemy was. I was not seeing the enemy for the enemy. Now, I'm not pointing the finger at Satan. I'm not focusing at Satan. No, 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 no. But I, it helped like pain and trauma distorts how I see. Okay. And we've talked about healing the lenses of my heart and, and all that, but I wasn't seeing the enemy for who he was. I was seeing myself as the enemy and blaming myself. I was seeing others as the enemy. And of course I was seeing God as the enemy. And I want to bring this, I just, the vulnerability is super healing, but I'm not going to say it's okay to blame God, but can we just admit that we blame God for everything? Most of the things, can we just admit it so people can get set free? I remember being a little kid at 11 years old and I knew my parents were to get divorced and I was straight up the first person to blame was God. It was like the most comfortable blame. I was just like, you caused this. Well, I didn't know enough. I bit into the enemy's lie and temptation to believe that, but it doesn't really help things when you're trying to build a relationship and foundation with the Lord. Like he loved me enough and the goodness of God brought me to repentance and will with you too. The enemy is not myself. I'm not the enemy. Others aren't the enemy. God is not the enemy. And when I really started getting into alignment, breaking free of those lies, breaking up with that junk, accusation, somebody, something will shift for somebody right now if, and I feel led to go here, so I am. You know Holy Spirit gets my mic. But Lord, I repent for accusing you. When my eyes were open to that and I actually finally stepped up to it and been like, yes, I do accuse God. I'm not proud of that. That's painful because like, it tears me because he's in me and I'm in him. Blaming God does not solve my problems, people. But if you repent of, I blame you, Lord. I'm sorry for blaming you. It removes the veil like the Bible says. And healing starts coming in deep ways. I mean, it stinks. I don't have anything else to blame, so I'll blame God. And the enemy, it's like, why doesn't he get to have to pay for it? Well, he's defeated. We know that. But anyway, myself I was blaming and others I was blaming. Everyone else is to blame. Dude, blame is smoke and mirrors. And I'm going to do an episode called When Blame Failed Me Soon. I just have to get up the gusto and the heart to do it because it is... Man, soup's vulnerable. But anyway, blame did fail me recently. But so blame is smoke and mirrors. If I blame others and project that, I don't have to deal with my pain. I wasn't seeing clear. I wasn't thinking clear. I wasn't. I didn't have, this sounds like an excuse, but skill sets and tool sets. I didn't choose to take my thoughts captive. I let them run rampant, 
those thoughts became abusive towards me and I just let it. The more the beating, the better I felt, the more valuable, quote unquote, I know it's twisted, I felt, but I'd let those thoughts run rampant and they just felt good. Obviously, you guys, the chemical reactions that happen when thoughts are released, the enemy knows this. And there was self-pity I talked about. If someone could bottle it, they'd be a millionaire, right? And well, and then some, but that those chemical reactions, I just was addicted to the chaos. I was addicted to those thoughts. I didn't know it at the time, and you might not know it, but Lord's going to remove scales and veils here today. I wasn't thinking clear. I wasn't able or didn't try to take my thoughts captive. Laziness came in, definitely. Procrastination was there. Gosh, everything is there, right? It's just nasty. With thinking clear, these thoughts would come in. Who do you think you are? Why would anyone listen to you? Be careful or this will happen. If you let yourself be sh- you know, known too much, pain comes. The strongholds or the things that I chose to believe. Those thoughts were running rampant. But hearing clear, I hope someone hears me on this, rejection causes distortion in our hearing. It does cause us to think different. And you might know this. So let's just break it down a little more. Same as like, oh, honey, you look beautiful tonight. And you hear, dude, go change. You're fat. You're ugly. That project is amazing. Good job on it. You could do better. You're not good enough. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Rejection distorts how we hear. And that was a tough one for me to walk out of. I even had, I think my sister gave a word years ago, like years. I was in a single, I was a single parent. So this might've been 2005. And she's like, I just have a vision of like plugs in your ear and like, you don't hear clear and you think everybody's out to get you. And at the time, of course, I was like, what are you talking about? Defensive. She was right. And the Lord later showed me, hello, she was trying to help you to get free. And I was like, okay. I had plugs in my ears, which was a distortion, you know, in the spirit guys. I couldn't hear clear. And I couldn't receive compliments if they came at me. Now, the Lord had, I had good friends and you're so beautiful. You're so lovely. You're this, but it's like a block was up, right? You know what I'm saying? I know someone's hearing me. Rejection causes distortion. And I say the one thing causes distortion, rejection, but the way we view and perceive ourselves will cause us to think and hear differently. And really until that's healed, you know, that's how it is. I want to share a story that I was on a coach call recently with a client and we were just mentioning, I mentioned the unloving spirit and Dr. Henry Wright, who, who now passed, he talked a lot about the unloving spirit. That's not my stuff. I remember in about 2013 or so, I had my hair cut and colored. And before that, um, over time, I just like lost self-care. I would, yes, I had children, but I just, I don't know, there was something up with the unloving spirit and I didn't know it. And I got my hair cut and colored and I sat in the car and looked at myself and, and I, I saw beautiful hair, gorgeous hair, but I was really, it was really hard for me to put together. Oh my gosh, I'm doing this for myself because I'm worth it because I had a very deep rooted lie. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. And I started weeping and just weeping and weeping and weeping. And I was like, what Lord? like weeping. And he's like, well, unloving is getting set free. Like you're loosening that it's being loose because you're loving yourself. And I'm like, self-care is this important? I know I neglected it for a long time because I hated myself and all that. But in self-hatred, dude, it will reflect, right? People can cover up if you want with masks and all that and makeup and nothing wrong with makeup and beautifying and all that. But self-hatred just, eh, it it will come out. And I just was like, wow, that's the level of self-hatred crying because I was being set free but hair cut in color, unloving has to go. So that's just, I guess, the depth of where I was at. And also just for infusing hope here is God does use all things for his glory. Whether I understand it or not, 
He uses the pain of my past, not only to propel me into the future, but not only that, to help others. Like right now, he's using that pain as treasure for you guys to go through and your shortcuts in the collapsing time. Amen. Joseph had a process, right? Noah had a process. Moses had a process. Mary had a process. And so many others. David definitely had a process before the promise. And he will not, the father will not leave you in your process. Now, others might leave you, reject you, abandon you. Others might have done that and others might do that. But the Lord is a good father, a spiritual father. Holy Spirit is with you. Jesus is with you. They will not leave you or forsake you. But there's a process to the promise. And now again, I don't need to have all the answers of why the process is important. But I know that I stand here today telling you that it did make me who I was. I was on a path to somewhere no good. Now, I was building a family. I was married. I was building a family. I was doing the things I was called to do. But inside, I was not happy of self-hatred and self-condemnation and, you know, the pain and trauma that I endured and walked through. It felt so real. Now it is real. So I want to validate like that pain is real. Not all of it might be what you remembered and I'm not that psychologist or therapist, but the pain is real and needs to be validated. But I didn't realize it didn't have to shape me. It didn't have to shape my future. So I understand that you are businessmen and women and you're living your life. But I'm telling you for for one reason or another, God called me to this area to help women help people process pain so they can walk into a future. And I remember reading in the word, David or somebody, I pray, I want to praise you with my whole heart. You want your people to praise you with your whole heart and whole heart caught my attention. And I looked it up and unpacked it, but it caught my attention. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I can still praise when I'm fractured and distortion and all that. I can still praise when I'm broken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But I wanted, I wanted that he, the Lord would put in front of me healthy, whole people healthy whole marriages uh, that, you know, my coach, my first coach. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I can be that. Or women up on stages, right? That had a impact, hope, and had a clear message. And I shared with you, one of the reasons I hired my coach, no matter how much pain I was in, by the way, and like marriage falling apart, screaming at my children, raging at them, very, very unhappy, would read the word and then definitely didn't walk it out a lot. Let's just say that. But I went to my coach and I was like, I just need a clear message. And she was like, saw right through me, of course. And she was like, because I, I would, I would mumble my words. I, it's a miracle I'm doing a podcast, okay? God gets the glory for this. You might not know it. I know it. I didn't have a clear message before. I spoke way too fast for anyone to understand me in the past. And I, my thoughts would come so fast. Anyway, God gets the glory. So my coach was like, honey, before, she didn't say honey, but she's like, before you have a message, you need to understand your identity in a clear message, you know, and I'm like, what does that have to do with that? Which I knew the pain feels real right now. And I didn't realize my pain, the pain needed to have a voice. Like I needed to face what I was running away from, which caused, took all my energy. I needed to face what I was running from. I needed to face who I was blaming, face why I was blaming, why I was coping, why I allowed coping mechanism to shape who I was and masks and wearing so many masks to hide who I truly was. I was so afraid to face that. When I actually faced those things slowly but surely and started giving them a voice and being aware of them, it's like I faced it, gave it a voice, 
allowed God to heal and released. And that this was my process. This might not work for you. I just wanted to share. Not allowing the pain and trauma in my past really to raise my family and shape my family and shape my life. Not allowing it to really to choose a new way. What I was seeing, it didn't lead to peace or promise. And what I was creating didn't lead to peace or promise. It was hanging by a thread every single day. God taught me to find him in the middle of my mess, to find him just every time, find him like a lifeline, right? Like a lifeline, just find me, beloved, find me in this. Because before I trained myself to push away the father, you can't really push away God, to lose awareness of him, I didn't have words for that now. You know, I have it now, but I didn't have words. I didn't know I turned away because of shame for my past or my relationship with my father in the past. So I'd turn away from the father, lose awareness of the father. I was, I looked around me and I was like, well, this isn't peaceful. This isn't promise. I'm not making an impact. I don't think I am leaving good fruit. You could leave all the other stuff, bad fruit and bad impact and all that. But I was just like, what on earth have I done with my life? My heart and my spirit craved for order, for peace, for self-control, and again, for making an impact. I didn't realize I had a choice to make, beloved. You have a choice to make. I could choose life or death in my thoughts. I could choose to allow life to keep pounding me and informing and trying to shape me instead of me taking control, even by step by step, day by day, minute by minute. There was a few years that it felt minute to minute, hour to hour, sometimes second to second. I'm going to choose life. And I would try to, it would try to pull me back in the pit. I'd choose life, pull me back in the pit. Through this, I didn't realize a beautiful story was unfolding of the Lord bringing me back to myself, the Lord helping me, that tool and that skill, I guess, of finding the father in the middle of my mess, the tool and skill of connecting with spirit, spirit to spirit, really the tool of the mentor my mom's friend calling me and saying, can I speak to your spirit? And I was like, yep, yep. Anything's better than what I'm feeling, right? We're talking depression, anxiety, hello, isolation, really always talking to the depressed, right? That isolation was calling me all the time. That tells me there's a problem. I didn't see it at the time, but I was just like, I know this isn't what the Bible promises. And I know that's not what so-and-so is experiencing, right? The healthy people God would put in front of my eyes. And some days And I can hear, I feel you on this, if this is you. I could not, like the battle was so real for my mind, my heart, and my family. I couldn't discern between what was real or what was imagined. I couldn't discern between that. I I went on a four-day water fast, and I'm not saying I recommend that. I'm telling you my, my, my stuff. I was on day three and a half, and I remember texting my friend, Heidi, and I was like, dude, this is real. Like something is breaking, wanting to break free from me. I knew I had to take an Epsom salt bath and like shift something like bad. Something was shifting and she had a word from the Lord. And she said, I believe the Lord's freeing you from the pain that you like your body takes all pain as this is very, very, very bad. She's like, I believe the Lord's freeing you of like what's real and what's imagined that you can power through this. And It might not make sense to you, but it made sense to me. And I was like, dude, this is so true because I just warped everything into one. If it's painful, it's hard. If it's hard, it's painful. And I'm not going to go through it. I'm not completing it. It's too much. And yes, in childhood, we were like taught to fear pain or hard things because just that's how it was. I'm not going to get into that. But so I had to like heal. God had to heal a lot of my programming from childhood. But as I took that bath and I was, I was just like in the water and I was like, Lord, I give you this fear. I give you this, you can help me discern. 
I'll give you this, the whole background, you know, and I just kept giving it to the Lord and really trading it for what he had for me instead. And I remember that there was a point of breaking that something broke off. And I was like, dude, I bawled, of course, but I wanted to share that some days were so real. And he did lead me to the fast and he did like something had to give. Now, again, my body was fighting parasites, mold, toxins, stuff I didn't, that was unknown territory for me. And I just was like, I need to fast. But some days the battle was so real. I didn't discern between what was real or imagined. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm sure. But the lies and trauma that impacted me so deeply, it caused really fractures in my soul. And, and, you know, you might call it multiple personality. I'm not saying I had that. I just know I've worked with my coach over the years to integrate pieces of me that were fractured super deeply. And it all made sense when it started because the healing of that and the integration of parts of me coming together that I did not know. And I didn't realize that my soul was fractured and it just made so much sense. And it just, I, I just weep after sessions because I was like the next day or the next week or a couple weeks into the process, I was becoming more like Miranda. And I was like, thank you, Lord, for sending help. Everyone might not need that work, but some do. And some more than others. And maybe you're finding yourself right there right now, believing the lies. My The lies I believed, I didn't deserve peace. I didn't deserve freedom. I wasn't good. I wasn't a good girl. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. I should be ashamed of what I've done, right? The struggle's super real. And a few things I understood was the Lord sent me a coach and just sent me books and mentors in books and and CDs, Graham Cook, and Ian Clayton, and just Bill Johnson, all the Bethel stuff, and the prayer rooms, Sozo, my goodness, all those. He sent me that for building, to help me build up my skill sets and tool sets to heal. Like he, and Jesus is the answer. He's the answer. There's tools and skills and all that stuff to help with me finding him. And I heard this morning as I was writing these notes, you learn to find me. I am. You learn to find I am in the midst of your pain and your trauma. You learned how to process pain, which now I help others do it. I learned that messy is okay. It's progress over perfection. Perfection is a lie, by the way. That done is better than perfect. And I found my joy. Now, joy is an inside job, right? But there was a time when my husband was like, uh, you lost your smile. And if that wasn't a wake-up call, I don't know what was, but the, the Lord definitely used it to shake some stuff out of me. Self-pity steals from joy, right? Victim mentality steals from joy. Thus, the podcast episode about self-pity. And the Lord's taught me how to see the promises and the beauty, like being fulfilled all around me right here and right now. This is probably going to be a part two because I feel a, just led to stop there and just pray for you. Holy Spirit, would you open up the eyes of my listeners' hearts and the understanding of their hearts to understand process is important. That God doesn't abuse, he doesn't cause, he allows. That oil is costly and it's powerful. Lord, I ask you to protect their oil. I ask you to protect their anointing. I ask you to protect their children and their families as they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That they will fear no evil. That you are for them, not against them. And if you are for them, who can be against them? And that they, you will, let me speak over your spirits, you will walk through fire and you will not be burned. Like he's in the midst of the fire. He's in the midst of the valley. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. I'm infusing hope into your situation in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, I have been places where you've been. I haven't been in your exact situation, but what the Lord has brought me through it, how he has brought me through and has brought me up and above 
because I'm seated in heavenly places, you're seated in heavenly places, and maybe the Bible feels foreign to you. It felt foreign to me. I didn't understand seated in heavenly places, but I, I chose to believe that there's more than what I was seeing on this earth. I chose to believe I'm seated in heavenly places, so I'm in agreement with what heaven says over me. Right now, I release the promises of God over your life, the yeses and amens over your life. I release healing over your spirit, soul, and body. I release healing over your marriages, your finances, the, the realms you run, the industries you're a part of, the spheres of influence. I release healing and freedom and wholeness that you will praise God with your whole heart. That you'll look at your families in wholeness. That the lenses in the eyes of your heart are healed. The Lord says in Ephesians 1, the eyes of our heart be flooded with light. So God, right now, let your light flood each and every heart listening in the eyes of their heart right now. Lord, I feel your presence so strong to heal trauma, to heal pain. I also wouldn't trade what I've walked through if it means you, like you get to use this for your glory. You take ashes or beauty from ashes. You resurrect, you resurrect death to life. You do this. So Lord, those that can't see right now, those that can't hear right now, those that can't walk right now because of pain and handicap, what's crippled them in the spirit. Lord, break the chains in Jesus' name. I call forth healing and freedom right now. And beloved, as I close, I just pray that you see Jesus, you hear Jesus, you feel Jesus all over this. That's my prayer. That he gets the glory, but also that you understand that there is a promise attached to your process. There is a promise attached to your process. And that even day by day, if it's second by second, if it's hour by hour right now, you just keep taking a step forward and you just choose to try to find him in the midst of that. Be blessed. Love you.